Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Julian Edelman from Games with Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Dow of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Dial of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Grid and Football Full Circle. Joined this hour by my buddy, Rich Sermonello. Find him on Twitter at Rich Sermonello. Uh, he is the co-host of College Football Today, so uh, excited to talk to him about college football and hopefully getting a little bit closer to kickoff. But uh, obviously, we have some things in the way here, Rich. I, I texted you earlier today before we started filming and said, you know, I'm going through these ebbs and flows like everybody else. One day I feel good about it, one day I don't. Two weeks ago, you and I, I think, estimated on here that like a 10% chance that the college season was going to get finished. Nothing has really materially changed, but I somehow feel better uh, than that today. Not for all the right reasons. I just think they're going to try to do it harder than I thought they were going to try doing it. And uh, it brings us to our first topic, and that's Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated wrote a pretty in-depth article here interviewing a variety of different people in terms of what they are faced with and the challenges what they are faced with. And now, as you can see from his tweet up on the screen, A new hurdle stands before college football, the mandatory 14-day quarantine for positive contacts. A high-risk contact includes practice collisions, doctors say. And if that's the case, Rich, it's not looking good to finish the season, as good as I was feeling before this segment. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, Mike. I mean, it's a lot of uh, yo-yo of emotions for me. Um, There are times I'm optimistic, you know, watch the guys on ESPN a couple of days ago and listen to David Pollack, uh, listen to Joey Galloway, uh, Kirk Herbstreet's a little more positive than he was in the past, but there are a lot of realities. Ross Dellinger brings up one, which is vital, which is, you know, this is football. I mean, the game is predicated on contact. And if you have individuals that have been determined as being COVID positive, how quickly can you move them out of the equation? How quickly can they be quarantined? And what is the impact on next week's opponent? Uh, see, th- that's, that's the issue that none of us know what's going to happen is, I don't know what the emotion is going to be from those coaches, from the administrators, from the university, once it's determined that you know next week's opponent is Purdue, they've had seven kids, let's say, who have tested positive, what exactly do we do at that point? Because there are no standard protocols set by the NCAA for this upcoming season. Yeah, so Stephen Goodman is a key uh, person in this article, as interviewed by Ross Tellinger. He's an associate dean and professor of epidemiology at Stanford. So he's like about as smart as I am. He knows uh, medicine really well. He studied at some of the most renowned universities in America, Johns Hopkins, Washington University, Harvard, and NYU, and he talks about this notion that a high-risk contact includes collisions in practice. He chuckles when hearing this. Um, 
He said, you'd be talking about knocking out a whole team. Quote, it bumps into reality. If you're going to be that cautious, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be, does that make football possible? I think there are good reasons to doubt it. So with all of these things at play, Rich, it seems like they're going to have to modify the definitions of contact or mm -hmm. just hope to get extremely lucky. The extremely lucky thing, that isn't going to happen. Realistically, you and I both know that. I think it's just going to get to a point, though, where they're going to have to lower the bar for what is acceptable for people to be playing through everything else. Because if you start contact tracing and one guy was in practice, he's in an offensive lineman and he's had contact with, we've talked about sure. it before, 30 people in one practice. Yeah. Maybe you eliminate contact in practice. That might be an option too. What, what do you do, Mike, with the opponent maybe from 48 hours ago? You know, what, you know, he was he was enduring contact with the entire defensive line, mm -hmm. linebackers, some DBs from the opposing uh, team. So do you shut that squad down, too? And you bring up a really cogent point, which is I think this is all going to come down to what is the appetite for risk? That's really what this is going to become, because we know there's risk. We're starting to get an idea as time passes just exactly how risky this is for the age category, whether you're talking about long-term illness or possibly fatalities here, uh, how badly do you want football and what is your appetite for risk? That's really what this is going to come down to because uh, we could all play the hope game and the fairy tales. The reality is there are going to be athletes in the fall, football and other sports uh, throughout college campuses that come down with this illness. Uh, not exactly sure how universities are going to react at that point. Yeah, one SEC assistant coach described the contact tracing portion of the guidelines as, quote, overwhelming. I'd imagine. Uh, I'd imagine it's overwhelming. A Pac-12 team doctor calls the issue a massive challenge. And West Virginia Athletic Director Shane Lyons, even while on NCAA video news conference, posed a chilling question last week to the audience listening. How can we play the game of football and with contact tracing not lose the entire team? I think that is really sort of what you and I have been aiming at over these last few weeks. It's not that I think everybody's going to be hospitalized. It's not that I think uh, that nobody should play. It's just using some of the logic that is in place by a, by a guidelines. And this is, goes for the NFL also. I don't really even know how it's possible. You, it seems like you'll have to get extremely lucky. And by the way, welcoming in our radio audience, uh, I'll pose that question to you because Shane Lyons, whom, whom I've met, really a smart athletic director, sharp athletic director, uh, that's the question really that I think everybody has. Yeah, no, there's no question about it. And uh, this might take us on to a different tangent. But if uh, if you watched Mike Real Sports on HBO, one of my uh, favorite shows on HBO, Chris Hinton, former offensive lineman and his wife and attorney, uh, posed the question, who is representing these young athletes? Uh, they don't have a union like professional athletes. And uh, there are going to be a lot of social questions that get raised this fall, especially if somebody really gets hit hard with this illness. Yeah, absolutely. Putting them in front of the to in front of on the front lines to their detriment, I think, is going to be a question that athletic directors are going to have to answer. Rich and I will come back, talk about some hopefully more uh, lighter topics after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Watching Sports Grid. Get on the grid. 
Welcome back to The Grid, uh, talking college football here on Football Full Circle with Rich Schumanello. Follow him on Twitter at Rich Schumanello. I'm at Mike Blewett. Follow us all on Twitter at SportsGrid and on Instagram at SportsGridTV. So uh, good times earlier this week where uh, the NCAA was front and center in in Congress to debate uh, a variety of different issues, notably the name, image, and likeness issue that has been a big topic within the NCAA. States like California and Florida have passed legislation to allow these players to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. And it is obviously an extremely complicated topic with far-reaching impact, Rich. But uh, I tend to side with the players if for no other reason that we're in a free market economy and to deny them this and suggest that they shouldn't be paid when schools are making money off of their jerseys and the like is silly. It's been silly for a long time. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, the, the philosophical question that I would pose, Mike, uh, I, I think we're on the same side, but maybe just to the audience in general is where in our and I'm a capitalist uh, by every stretch of the imagination, where in our society do we limit someone's ability to make money regardless of their age? What would be your, what would be your block? Uh, is it that you're concerned that schools like Clemson and Ohio State and USC and Alabama uh, will build a bigger gap on the smaller schools? That's happening anyway. Uh, yeah. you know, that, that's that's Already not there. stopping. Oh, yeah. I mean, the arms race that happened a long time ago when it came to facilities and your ability to prepare a kid for the NFL, that's been going on for a very long period of time. uh, And that's moving at warp speed. I I just can't fundamentally, I hate to say this, but it, it goes against my American principles to say that I'm going to deny you. Now, I've never really been a big fan of let's pay them. I still lean on the side of I think there's a lot of payment. There's a lot of dividend in that scholarship and many of the benefits that comes with being a student athlete or a scholarship student athlete. But for the NIL uh, part of this equation, if you can go out and capitalize and make money off of your skills, your name, your image, your likeness, I thought all along that was the answer for these uh, young men and women in, in college athletics. So I have absolutely no problem with it. Yeah. So there's a really important thing that I'm going to read here. So give me some time uh, to read it. But Senator Cory Booker uh, to NCA President Mark Emmert. This happened earlier this week at the hearing today regarding the governing body's refusal for the full scale reform, most notably on athlete health care. So it's a long statement. Give me some time to read it. Now the NCAA is running to us because states have tried to put in rules to create more fairness. Seems only responsible that we as a body should put first and foremost the education and health and safety of our students because you all are not enforcing standards that give any assurances in interviews with athletes themselves that this is happening. I got to pause to let everybody know. Cory Booker is from New Jersey. He went to high school with the best man at my wedding. He was a standout running back, went to Stanford, and has been wildly successful outside of football since. I think he knows very well the power of trip and everything that it can bring him. But uh, he goes on to say, uh, you just made a comment that you have spoken to me. This is what Mark Emmert said. You have not spoken to me in six years since we've last been here. You and I have mutual friends. They say very good things about you as a person and as a leader. I'm opening an invitation to you right now to meet with a group of bipartisan senators so we can start to talk through about what your plans to address these things that are patently unacceptable and put our student athletes in danger. In six years, we haven't had an opportunity to talk about the serious health challenges facing student athletes and the serious challenges to getting an education. And yet the NCA, since last we talked, has made hundreds of millions of dollars. I'll stop it there. He goes on and he dunks on him at the end. Uh, but he can dunk on anybody when he's speaking from experience that really very few other senators probably have. There's been others that have been uh, student athletes, but Cory Booker really talking a lot of sense here. And Mark Emmert kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth mm. and caught doing it. Yeah, which is which is a very uh, NCAA type of move out of Mark Emmert. Um, it, you know, again, I'll go back to the conversation, Mike, about who has the back of these athletes. Uh, the parents do to a large extent, but I, I don't think that their power or their reach is substantial. No one is really representing 
uh, these athletes. And, you know, I know Crimea River. I mean, they have a lot of advantages that that a lot of um, athletes, uh, a lot of students on campuses don't have. Mm-hmm. But if you have to look at the the amount of benefit, the financial windfall, we're having this discussion about college football, quite frankly, because of what they're able to bring to those campuses. I mean, they are essential uh, employees almost on these campuses, because if we don't have football this fall, we know what's going to happen to the coffers and to the other athletic programs on those various campuses. So uh, I think it's high time that we we provide more support to student athletes, uh, give them more leverage, give them a greater voice. Gradually, we've been seeing that over the past couple of years. Uh, I, I think that's going to go uh, at a very fast pace over the next 12 months. Yeah, and the, uh, I'll, I'll, I can't finish his entire statement, but I'll say, he says, I, I conclude by saying that at a time when our nation is going through a racial reckoning, the fact that African-Americans are disproportionately represented in the sports that they bring in billions of dollars for what acts like a cartel and yet can't even afford to have meals when they're hungry and can't afford to have their family see their games, it's unacceptable. I think he says it really well there. Continue on to part two of this uh, political discussion because I think it was also this uh, happens on many topics. We just happen to be the people talking about college football, but senators can't be experts at every single topic. But it is odd when you're talking about something that seems like a basic understanding of what's going on. And Lindsey Graham in particular was called out uh, by many people. Uh, He says very few coaches that get paid a lot of money. Uh, very few coaches get paid a lot of money that lose over time. Uh, Roger Sherman of the Ringer states, the flagship university of the state, which Lindsey Graham represents, South Carolina, signed Will Muschamp to a $28 million contract extension in 2018. He's 26 and 25 as their mm. head coach. So I think that's a lot of money. He's- yeah, mediocrity actually pays pretty well. The, the first name that came to mind for me was, uh, how about Charlie Weiss? Yeah, uh, in the comment section of that tweet, he was off. He was well represented. Yeah, Charlie Weiss, uh, I, he might, he has like sort of like that Bobby Bonilla contract, um, you know, being paid long after uh, he left South Bend. I think he was being paid into his tenure at Kansas and, and mediocrity followed Charlie Weiss wherever he was as, as a head coach. So, uh, yeah, no, you, you bring up a good point. I mean, uh, Lindsey Graham is a senator. I don't expect him to know everything, but there are times in life when you'd be wise to uh, stay in your lane. And Lindsey Graham, talking about college football um, and, and really denigrating a lot of these athletes and suggesting that uh, them being able to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness somehow would be the downfall of the sport quite frankly, I think is ridiculous uh, and, and misguided. Now, Al, everybody from Alabama is going to be ticked that I'm about to say this, but you could argue it is the most relevant state in terms of college football in the entire union because South Carolina, even though we just sort of took a shot at them, has Clemson in it. So mm. really important that he should know a little bit more. He says you're going to unleash holy hell on young college athletes you don't find some way to control people willing to buy a player to come to a school. That's never happened before. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's been happening for generations. But, but again, I, you know, the, the same trappings that are going to bring an athlete to Clemson or to Ohio State or to one of the, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, uh, that doesn't change. I, I, you know, it's going to be the same situation with NIL in place. And again, I I don't see the reason why you would deny these young student athletes an opportunity to financially capitalize. I I just uh, fundamentally disagree with that. Yeah. He seems to say that uh, we cannot have a bidding war for recruits. He punctuates it with that. And I, as many people say, said newsflash that's going on on. social media, um, horses out of the barn on that one for a long, (laughs) Long, long time. Yeah, Bud Wilkinson was on the sidelines at Oklahoma when the horse left the barn on that one. Yeah, I don't want to get into John Wooden to change sports. I want to get into John Wooden and how UCLA built their powerhouse in the 60s. But it's a long story, perhaps for another segment or another basketball show altogether. Rich and I will come back, dive into football a little bit more. It's uh, the college football edition of Football Full Circle. We'll be right back on the grid. Join us after this. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In Game Live. One of the things we have talked about in general, George, is the idea of maybe a focus on the bullpen this year, right? Because I'm going to do some rough math. I know you don't love math, George. But roughly, right, we're talking about starters getting, what, maybe 10, maybe 9, maybe 11 starts per year. And we've heard a lot of teams say that at least in the first couple of times through the rotation, they may only go four or five innings. Catch the program every single day on FNTSY Radio and on the Sports Grid Network. Back on the grid, Mike and Rich talking about a fun topic here, Rich, because you are intimately involved in this award, and it's the Maxwell Award Watch List. Now, these watch lists obviously come out uh, this time of year. They start to get whittled down uh, throughout the year, but you are director of college awards at the Maxwell Football Club. So explain a little bit more about the Maxwell Award, what exactly it is to these college football players, and maybe how it differs from some of the other accolades out there. Yeah, so quickly, I've been affiliated with the club now for more than 10 years, same position, director of college awards. So I'm the guy who spends most of the offseason developing watch lists. Quite frankly, watch lists are great. We have a lot of kids on there. It's a fun opportunity to shine a light, not just on the big stars, the Justin Fields and the Trevor Lawrences, but we go deep into every conference. You get an opportunity to learn about you know, the Taven Collins from Tulsa, the Jared Patterson from Buffalo, the Chris Robeson uh, from Florida Atlantic. So for those kids in those schools, it tends to be somewhat of a celebratory uh, effort. Just a couple of days ago on Friday, we released the watch list. And and I literally go through the entire offseason. I, I do other stuff. I spend time with my family. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I go through... I go through everything I can. Film, stats, uh, talking to scouts. It's it's a lot of fun for me to cull through this information and, and boil it down. A couple of weeks ago, we had the Benaric watch list come out. Uh, we have awards at the club that go from National High School Player of the Year, offensive, defensive. We've had the likes of Trevor Lawrence uh, uh, in the house over the Jacob Eason a few years back, uh, the Georgia slash Washington quarterback. Uh, and we also have NFL Player of the Year, NFL Coach of the Year, College Coach of the Year, Tri-State Player and Coach of the Year, so a lot of different awards, but uh, the one that's most topical right now is the Maxwell Award, which is uh, the the equivalent of the Heisman Trophy. It's the best uh, player in college football. Good stuff. So uh, we're, I want to work my way backwards uh, through this list because there are 90 names, uh, as you stated, so there's a lot of different guys uh, we can go to. Obviously, I'm going to talk about David Bailey, the running back of Boston College, uh, because that's what I do. It's fun for me to do it on this show. So I'm always going to mention uh, the BC guys, but there are four non skill position players, non offensive skill position players on the list. And it's Panay Sewell. You got Marvin Wilson from, from Oregon, Marvin Wilson from Florida state, Micah Parsons from Penn state, and then Stingley from LSU. Now the likelihood of these guys winning this particular award uh, probably remains low, but uh, as you stated, they're, they're on this list and they are standout guys that have at least, at the very least, have a lot of scouts uh, looking their way as potential first round picks. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, you, know, you talk about how do you, uh, what's the difference between, you know, your awards, your club, other awards potentially. We really try to go by the letter of the law. Who is the most outstanding player in college football? So I, I understand and the vast majority wind up being quarterbacks. Joe Burrow, most recently last year, uh, was the Maxwell Award winner. Uh, quarterbacks have reigned supreme over the better part of the last 20 years. But it's important for me and for the audience that first got a look at the list uh, on Friday to point out the fact that 
really, by the letter of the law, Panay Sewell probably is one of the top five players in college football. Will he win the award? It's an uphill battle. You know, at some point, uh, I'm heavily involved with the semifinalist list, which which comes out uh, hopefully at the end of October if we have a full college football season. And then we turn it over to SIDs, head coaches, members of the media. It's close to a thousand voters, so it's completely out of my control. Uh, would they give the award to an offensive lineman? Will they have watched that closely? Probably not. Uh, but it's still very important for me, again, to let the audience know, Panay Sewell, you mentioned Marvin Wilson, Micah Parsons, Derek Stingley. These are truly uh, among the best players in college football entering this season. Yeah, look, there are a number of QB names on here that we're familiar with. As you, know, you can scour all over this list and you see the Ian Books of the World and Shane Bouchel and and obviously the guys are at the top of the uh, list, as you said, uh, Fields and and others. Uh, Keaton Slovis, somebody that we talked about uh, quite a bit, and some other names. You see Devonta Smith from Alabama and Najee Harris from Alabama. So there are standout names on here, but you also have some other guys that maybe aren't the first person you think of. Uh, Wap Filer, you have Khalil Pimpleton from Central Michigan, guys that are not the first names that you would necessarily expect to be on a list, but as the season progresses, People will maybe learn a little bit about these guys if they hadn't previously known about Khalil Pimpleton from Central Michigan. Yeah, and and for me, Mike, it's also, you know, again, we've never never had a winner from the MAC. Uh, will that change this year? From a betting man, probably not. Uh, but but I think these watch lists and and listen, people guffaw and they roll their eyes and and they'll they'll poke fun. I get it. Uh, there is a marketing tool side of this. It certainly it helps to get the word out for our club, but it's also a really good primer for fans of the NFL or the NFL draft because yeah. there are a lot of kids on this list that maybe you haven't paid attention to, but uh, if you're a fantasy guy, if you're an NFL draft guy, if you're a fan of any one of the 32 teams in the NFL – not a bad idea to start paying attention to these kids because they're more than just stats compilers. They're more than just people that I pay attention to. NFL scouts are watching these guys as well. Yeah, there's a couple of guys on this list that you and I both have talked about in the past and said, you know what, that guy really could have gone pro. Not sure why it is that he came back. And one of those names that jumps out to me is... Uh, Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State. It was thought that he could have gone pro. He's back now at Oklahoma State. Anybody else? We'll talk about him for a moment. Anybody else on that list that you're like, you know what? I really was surprised this guy came back for another year. Yeah, there were a couple. We might have talked about it uh, last month. There were a couple, and the position is really curious to me. Now, Tylen Wallace, not healthy at the end of last year, uh, missed, I think, the last five or six games uh, with an injury. Maybe that was a factor for him. Still a surprise. Uh, I think he could have been potentially a second-round draft choice in April. But running backs in particular, you know, the mindset right now is running backs have only so many years. You want to, you know, keep that tread on the tire for as long as you can or at least until you get to that point where you're being paid. So Travis Etienne of Clemson and Najee Harris of Alabama, for me, were two big surprises. I, I thought they'd go the Jonathan Taylor route and say we've we've had three very successful seasons. Uh, again, I think both of those kids were uh, day one or day two draft choices. To decide to go back to school, it's a very personal decision. Uh, those are powerhouse programs. I think in the case of Travis Etienne, he loves Clemson. He loves the college experience. It meant something to him to come back for the senior for his senior season beyond just his future in the NFL. Having said that, though, I, I was shocked when mid-January rolled around and those kids did not declare for the draft. And you got guys like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire gets drafted at the end of the first round. You had A.J. Dillon get drafted in the second round. You could at least argue, at the very least, argue that they are on par yep. with those players and potentially even bigger talents. Etienne and Edwards Hilaire, there's a lot of comparisons to be made about their versatility at the very least. Yeah, no question. Uh, you know, Travis is an outstanding receiver out of the backfield. We even saw that from Najee Harris last year. There was one play, 
Uh, I, you probably saw it, Mike, or you've probably looked at it on YouTube, um, you know, where he showed both the power, the speed, and and the overall athleticism, the explosiveness, where he just he ran through tacklers and then hurdled tacklers. Yeah, the kid is really the total package. And and I yeah, I don't know what more there is for him to gain, but I like it. I mean, I'm a college guy. I'm a college yeah, fan. So, yeah. you know, he, he wants – we get a chance to see him, hopefully for one more season. He wants to spend another year in Tuscaloosa. I, You know, maybe it has something to do with education. Maybe there's an opportunity to get closer to a degree. Uh, I, I think it's all positive as long as, obviously, there's not some kind of a serious illness. And that, that kind of sucks when that happens in your senior year. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, a couple of more names here, maybe from schools that are a little bit off the radar – you know, Puka Williams, a running back out of Kansas, yeah. I think I think is a name that when I look down through, Kansas is not a a not a school's name that gets on there very often. Obviously, Les Miles is doing his best to turn that around. We see Josh Johnson, the running back from Louisiana Monroe, is yet another name. Uh, Dustin Crum, a QB out of Kent State. Yeah. We talked about another uh, Mac player earlier. Names like that, it's good to see them on the list. It gives look, it gives the schools, as you said, I there's agree. a marketing component, but it gives the schools a little bit of a shot and be like, see, I've been telling you to their friends at the very least. If you're a fan, you say, see, I've been telling you Dustin Crum is legit, or I've been telling you yep. Puka Williams is as good a running back as a lot of these other guys. To be mentioned on the same list, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to overhype it, but there is really a human side to this. I, I've been in the business for 20 years. I've gotten to know a lot of these kids, their families, their high school coaches. When they get an opportunity to be mentioned in the same breath as the kids from the major schools, the Clemsons and the Alabamas, and you are a Puka Williams from Kansas, or you're playing in the Sun Belt like a Josh Johnson, it's a big deal. I mean, I've seen it personally. I work with the SIDs. The SIDs and the universities and the fan bases, Mike, they absolutely love it. So yeah. there's a business side of this, but there's a human side for me to have an opportunity to shine a light, to champion these kids who realistically, Dustin Crumb, 20 TD passes, a couple of picks last year, play, is he going to win our award? No, it's probably not going to happen. But now is his opportunity to celebrate. I think it's all positive. But I started the whole segment saying like, hey, David Bailey from BC, he made it. Like he's not even as good as AJ Dillon. I watched yeah. both guys, but it's fun. It's fun for me to talk about. I'm going to talk smack to people whose schools maybe don't have somebody on there. Uh, hey, Max, real, Max Richardson, Bednarik side as well. Right. Uh, so real quick, you can't pick Fields or Lawrence or Sewell. Uh, who's the best pro, pro prospect on this list? Uh, big Keaton Slovis fan. After just one nice. year, I'm a believer. Good stuff. Okay, we'll come back and do another segment with Rich uh, right after this on FFC. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back on the grid, me and Rich talking about uh, some, a couple different topics here. Uh, one is uh, one I'll let Rich set it up, but you you put out a tweet last week, which you got a little bit of the second one. You got more heat on in, on the first, but we'll, we'll take the we'll take the first one as it goes. And you said here, if the Q, if starting QB goes down, these eight schools are in the best position to handle it. I'm just going to rip them off. Uh, well, actually. I'll, before we rip off the schools, explain why you threw that tweet out there first. What's your expectation for this season? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, these are the things I think about um, before I put a tweet out. And I, and I was saying to you during the break, you probably go through the same thing. I, I love Twitter, and I love the communication with 
with other fans who are as passionate a love, fan as I am. Love is strong. Yeah, love is a strong true. One. It's a love-hate relationship. It That's depends. Right. Like some people who just come at me like cursing and stuff like that. It doesn't bother me when people do that. I've been cursed at my whole life. It's just the ignorance. It's like I'll have a debate about anything, yeah, but you know, bring something to the table. You know, don't just you know, don't just curse at me. It's ridiculous. But here, here was the impetus of of that tweet was. I think this is this is obviously going to be a unique season in college football in the NFL. And not only I'm, I'm not suggesting that, you know, they're going to be QBs that necessarily come down with COVID or, or maybe they will. But there's also the issue of we've never seen such a fractured uh, offseason in terms of conditioning, Mike. So, you know, these kids spent large portions of the offseason where they would normally be with their strength and conditioning coach or on their campus and having specific programs to add strength, add weight, add flexibility, versatility, whatever the case may be. Um, these kids were home. Uh, you know, so we, we don't know what their durability is going to look like. We don't know uh, what their conditioning is going to look like. So I, I think now more than ever, depth is going to be a big factor. So I started thinking, you know, maybe it was the weekend before last, like, you know, who are the core, who are the teams that if a quarterback goes down, they can keep the train on the tracks. And so that was sort of the uh, yeah. uh, the brainchild of that tweet. Yeah. So uh, we got uh, eight schools that you ripped off here. What, we'll want to take them uh, one at a time. We'll go with, uh, yeah, Georgia's first. So Georgia obviously has some depth here. They just landed a couple of guys this offseason. So they're the team that'll be most prepared if somebody were to go down. Uh, so explain their depth chart a little bit for everybody out there. Yeah, that that would not have been the case had it not been for um, JT Daniels being declared eligible for this season. He's right. the USC, former USC starting quarterback, um, spent his whole freshman season as the starter for Troy, uh, was the starter at the beginning of last year, injured in the opener, lost for the season, and then the legend of Keaton Slovis was born. But JT Daniels is a legit blue chip quarterback uh, who was starting for one of the premier programs out West uh, and now will either be the starter uh, for, for Todd Monken's offense or be the backup to Jamie Newman. So two high profile transfers, Newman comes over from Wake Forest, uh, Daniels comes over for, from USC. So uh, Kirby Smart uh, in a really good position, better position than people would have expected considering they unexpectedly lost uh, Jake Fromm to the NFL. Yeah, all else equal, um, I mean, Georgia's going to win so many games. It, can you see a possibility of Daniels sort of outplaying, getting in there on his own merit outside of injury to displace Newman? Yeah, my money is on Jamie Newman. I, I, I just think he's the better all-around quarterback. I, I don't think it's a popular opinion. It's um, it's funny. People I've spoken to um, – seemed to think, you know, he was the USC starting guy. They, they dismissed the fact that Jamie Newman was the starter at Wake Forest. Yeah. It, it, they had this mentality of big fish, small pond, Demon Deacons, who cares, small ACC campus program out of Winston-Salem. Uh, big Whoopi was good uh, uh, down there in, uh, uh, in North Carolina. He's legit. I, I think he's a legitimate NFL quarterback, great arm talent. Uh, solid athlete outside of the pocket. I think he's going to be a star for Georgia. Um, JT Daniels, it maybe it's a little bit unfair, Mike, but uh, because he was a freshman, uh, still young, still growing. But uh, you know, Joe Lisi and I talked about it a lot in 2018. The progression that we had hoped to see throughout his freshman season. You know, oftentimes young quarterbacks. Once we get to late October, November into the bowl game, you're starting to see a kid who's playing like a sophomore. I didn't see that. I don't think Joe did either uh, from JT Daniels. And then we only got one game out of him last year. So I think Jamie Newman is the more advanced quarterback. And I'm really bullish uh, on his future, not just in 2020, but on Sundays as well. It's like how the legend of Sam Darnold was born, really, at the end of his freshman yeah. year is when he proved to people like, hey, you know what, this guy might be a star. <laughs> Remains to be seen at the yes. NFL level. So uh, we'll keep going through. Next few, Arkansas State comes in. Uh, is that Arkansas State or Appalachian State? I'm sorry. No, it's Arkansas, it's Arkansas, Arkansas State. State. Yeah, I it's thought. Red Wolves, yeah. Arkansas State, Boise State, Miami, the next three. 
Yeah, you know, in Arkansas State, I, and it's funny because I, I love people come after me and they think it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking for tweets or retweets um, or likes from, from the Red Wolves fan base. I, I don't do that. I mean, that's generally my opinion. Sometimes I'm wrong and uh, hopefully oftentimes I'm right. Uh, but Arkansas State, the concept of the tweet was, the idea was, who is most likely to not skip a beat if their starting quarterback goes down? And, and Arkansas State had that. Here's the perfect example, Mike. So that's exactly what happened to Blake Anderson's team last year. Logan Bonner was the starter. Uh, 10 TD passes, one pick through the first month of the season. And then he did go down. And Lane Hatcher, transfer from Alabama, comes over and throws 27 touchdown passes. So the, the two compared uh, uh, combined for 37 touchdown passes, did not skip a beat. Lane Hatcher was spectacular, but Blake Anderson has said in the offseason that an injury is not enough of a reason for a kid to lose his job. So we're going to go back to probably where we were last year, where it's Logan Bonner starting, and the kid who threw 27 touchdown passes and was all sunbelt now is a backup. So that's the reason why they're number two. Surprised in some ways you didn't see a transfer out of that school, right? That exactly. has been that yep. has been the the uh, modus operandi for a, a lot of quarterbacks that felt like they should be starting uh, in other areas. So let's skip around the l list a little bit. I mean, it's not surprising to see some of the names on here, like Miami. They have Derek King there. Yep. USC you just met, mentioned Keaton Slovis, but despite losing JT Daniels, if Keaton Slovis goes down, God forbid, USC yep. still in a good spot, right? Yeah, and the reason for that, well, there's a reason for everything I do. I, it makes it so much easier because I get questioned all the time. And, and you know, the reason for that was is we saw Matt Fink last year, you know, because um, Jack Sears transferred to Boise State. So Boise State has better depth. JT Daniels transfers uh, to Georgia, as we just mentioned. But Matt Fink is still in Los Angeles. And what he did last year when Keaton Slovis was hurt is he led USC to a huge victory over Utah in Salt Lake City. So we've had an opportunity to see him in that chance to be the starter, uh, to have a big spotlight opportunity, and he excelled at it. So that was my mindset. Matt Fink now realizing he doesn't have to compete with uh, Jack Sears. He thought about transferring. There was talk he was going to go to Illinois, but JT Daniels left. So uh, I like Matt Perfect. Veteran quarterback behind the young star. Perfect backup situation uh, for Clay Helton. All right. Uh, I hesitate to talk about Oregon because they're dealing with my old QB, but Oregon is on this list. Is he the starter? Is Brown the starter? Is Brown not the starter? That's one of the questions they'll answer, yeah. but depth behind him, obviously. Yeah, uh, that's a great question because, you know, Oregon is here because I, I think it's going to be Anthony Brown as as the backup. I, I think Tyler Show is going to take over. He's been in that program for the past couple of years. Mario Cristobal uh, groomed him as Justin Herbert's backup to eventually take over. He's built a lot like Justin Herbert, a big athletic kid. We'll see what he does with his accuracy and his ability to read defenses. I see it as uh, Tyler being the starter. You bring in Anthony Brown from Boston College. Perfect backup situation, starting experience. I, I don't know your feelings. You know, you're closer to the BC program, Mike, than I am. But when he was healthy, there were times that he flashed. Uh, there were times I was really impressed with his passing ability, uh, Anthony Brown, that is. So if he's pressed into action, if Tyler goes down and it's Anthony Brown on the field, I think Oregon's in a lot better situation than, say, you know, the Clemson program. Who's Ohio State's backup? You know, Ohio State had two seniors last year behind Justin Fields. Now they've gotten extremely young. So at least Anthony Brown is a known commodity. Yeah, I think he dealt with some injuries while he was there. I think th there are times when BC quarterbacks are at the mercy of what their strengths are uh, in terms of team strengths and last couple of years obviously that's AJ Dillon and the offensive linemen these are guys that are getting drafted on award watch lists second round draft picks first round draft picks last year with Chris Lindstrom so they uh, you're beholden to what is the strength of the team um, I've never thought BC frankly since Matt Ryan graduated to have much of a dynamic mm -hmm. offense the Tyler Murphy year 
notwithstanding when he ran for a thousand yards at QB. But there's a lot worse positions to be in than to have Anthony Brown as your backup QB. Look, I, for the sake of the starter, I hope he doesn't get much of a chance. But if he does, I hope he makes the most of it. He's not a pro prospect uh, by any stretch in my mind. I don't think he's accurate enough, but um, good for him. And you, uh, let's wrap it up with BYU. I, I know I skipped over Ole Miss and Boise and Miami so their fans can hate on me, but uh, let's wrap it up with BYU because they made the list as well. Yeah, Zach Wilson, uh, his lack of durability is a big reason why BYU winds up on the list. I think I have them at uh, number eight, I think. I think they were at the bottom right. of the list. But uh, last season— By the way, bottom— not so bad, right? These are the well, top eight, eight out schools. of 130. Yeah, That's so right. it's it's actually uh, it's actually a pretty good position. But uh, three different B- current BYU quarterbacks, Mike, have started and won games as starters. Jaron uh, Hall is the more versatile of the quarterbacks. Uh, Baylor, what last name would you expect a BYU quarterback to be? Baylor Romney. Yet another Romney coming out of uh, BYU country. So Baylor Romney played really well last year in four games, uh, led BYU to an upset win over Boise State. So you've got three quarterbacks with starting experience behind Zach Wilson. It's Zach Wilson's job. Zach Wilson is a a member of that long uh, Maxwell Award watch list, but he's got two understudies with experience behind him. Yeah. Uh, Well, since we do have another minute to go, uh, how about out of Boise, Miami, or Ole Miss? Uh, you pick the school, and we can uh, expand upon that. Well, let's do Miami. Since De'Ara King, King is getting all the pub, who would have been playing there had De'Ara King not transferred? Yeah, another school that lost the transfer. Jaron Williams started some games last year, decided to transfer. Uh, but Nikosi Perry is back. And, and one of the things I was looking for is, Competence, yes, but I'm looking for experience. Nikosi Perry has almost a full season of starting experience. Uh, the folks I talked to at Miami, close to that program, say he's had his best offseason so far uh, with the program, despite the fact that it's been abbreviated. So, you know, I want to back up at this level who has played, who has started, who has faced good competition. That's Nikosi Perry. Uh, that's the reason why he's here. Quickly, Boise State has Jack Sears, the USC quarterback, and Chase Cord, who started when Hank Bachmeyer went down last year. Uh, and Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin have two starting quarterbacks in uh, John Reese Plumley and Matt Coral, both of whom uh, started numerous games last year. Yeah, so we bounce around that list a little bit. Obviously, as Rich said, it's intended to give people a sense of what team won't miss a beat if the QB goes down. This year, more than any other, we see QBs go down for a variety of different reasons or at least have to take a game or two off if they test positive for COVID. I think that's an interesting tweet to sift through and hope you enjoyed it. We're going to come back, close out this hour on the grid of FFC. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You're watching Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Back on the grid, closing out this hour of football full circle. My friend Rich Giamlinello, he is the co-host of College Football Today, and uh, he's having a little fun with people on Twitter last week. And I saw it, and there's a lot of people that hated you for it, but such Hmm. is the nature of that type of communication, but it was an interesting topic. And you said here, you're a top recruit. Which current coach would you most want to play for? Try not to think, try to think only about the coach and not the school he's at right now, because obviously these guys can move around. Uh, Most of these guys are in place. Uh, Maybe not Matt Campbell, but 
Uh, Lincoln Riley, David Shaw, Scott Frost, Herm Edwards, Matt Campbell, David Cutcliffe, Jeff Halfley is conspicuously absent from this list. <laughs> but uh, I ran out of characters, Mike. Yeah, There's that's right. That's right. It's a 280 <laughs> limit. It's pesky. But uh, so give me your thought process. We only got a couple of minutes, but uh, why these guys and, and not some pure, of the other yeah, names? Just pure personality. And, and, and that was what I wanted to invite, uh, you know, people in the people in the Twitter sphere to, to join me. And I got a lot of feedback. The, the one that was most interesting was tons of support for PJ Fleck. PJ Fleck has done a remarkable job. I th this, this was not about whether or not I think he's a good coach. Just I know my personality. I don't need a lot of motivation. I don't really react to rah-rah during the days when I was a young athlete. Rah-rah just didn't work for me. It was unnecessary. So the row the boat and the PJ Fleck type of personality, I think, would eventually grate on my nerves. But that's me. I like more of the cerebral coach. That's why you see a David Shaw. You see a, a, a David Cutcliffe. I, I love the Herm Edwards model of I'm not just going to prepare you to be a football player, but I'm going to prepare you for the rest of your life. So there, there was a lot of thought that went into it. Uh, and I got a lot of great feedback. But the most interesting thing was uh, not having PJ Fleck and having Scott Frost from his same division really rankled a lot of people in Minnesota. Yeah, look, Scott Frost got a lot of cachet, right? He was a national championship winning exactly. quarterback. He coached a team to an undefeated season. Now he's back in his home state. Uh, trying to win it all. So good stuff there. Uh, I think Ryan Day will grow on yes. people over time. Uh, people will start to learn a little bit more about his personality. I, I think he will be interesting. I think BC missed a golden opportunity uh, to hire him when he back when he was the coordinator there. So a little fun with Rich on this list. Uh, on behalf of Rich Germanella, the co-host of College Football Today, and my producer, Brian Rakowski, always well-prepared. Hope you enjoyed watching this edition of Football Full Circle. We'll see you again next time on The Grid. Thanks for watching, everybody. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games With Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.